The media would have you believe that there is a problem with the system. That if we just give people jobs that they didn't earn, that somehow that would fix society. Society isn't what's wrong though, it's the evil in people's hearts. And the fact that the media wants to keep feeding us all these lies about systemic racism. And this is how we know how truly wicked this culture and system of media really is. Because they feed us these lies. It's a systemic problem on their end. And this is the Bible After Hours. Can you hear me? Is this thing on? Okay, good. I am the foul mouth preacher, and this is the underground church. The word vulgar originally just meant to speak the common language of the people. That's what I'm going to do today. I'm not just going to say bad words or whatever. I'm trying to speak the regular language of normal people. The church above, a lot of the church above, wants to trick you into believing that the issues they care about are the only ones that God cares about. They, they are pro-life in one breath, and in the next breath, they're for the death penalty. Right? They're against programs to care for the needy. They don't believe in legislating morality when it comes to guns. But when it comes to people's sexual preferences, then all of a sudden they're going to go to any length to legislate how other people want to live their lives. They will say we should value God over politics and separate the two when it's talking about the poor, the immigrants, or problems that God calls us to action to in the Bible that they would have to help pay for. That they think politics are really important when it only hurts people and other people and when it works in their favor. But politics doesn't matter at all if it doesn't help them, right? In, in other words, they have their agenda and when using politics helps to achieve that, they're all for it. And when it hurts them, they want politics out of the church and out of this and God doesn't care about it and it's very much how can we fund ourselves and promote the problems that we care and make it seem like this is coming from God and not us. Even if it's not intentional, that's what's going on. And I grew up in churches like this. Um, and I really, I didn't see the inconsistencies. I didn't see the problem with saying that, you know, pro-life, ban all abortion, but also yay death penalty, who cares about the poor and who cares about pregnant women who are in need. You know, I, didn't, I just didn't see the inconsistencies. Like, I was blind to it. Um, I even agreed with a lot of this kind of rhetoric, right? Um, until I grew up and I got in the workforce and I kind of saw what life was like. That's when I met people who came to this country illegally, fleeing for their lives. And couldn't become legal until later. Um, just because of the way the system works. I knew people whose parents couldn't figure out how to become legal immigrants. So they constantly lived in fear that their parents were going to be imported one day because of how difficult America's immigration policies are to understand. This issue helped me realize that God does care about all of our political battles and issues because God cares about people. God cared about these people that I met, their parents, all of them. And because of that, of course God cares about politics. All politics are is systemized people managing how we live our lives in a nation state. Um, this would eventually open the door for me to see how systemic racism impacted people I cared about and how obviously God cares about systems that are disadvantaging other humans that he cares for the same way I would. Um, I even saw 
those who didn't need food stamps get them. That was a big issue, right? They're taking advantage of the system and manipulating it. While other people I knew who needed it had to go hungry because they didn't know how to use the system in their favor. I'm convinced that this kind of stuff, these bad politics, this twisting of political systems to fit certain needs and ignore others, I'm convinced that that political malpractice breaks God's heart. That religious malpractice, that that intentional ignorance by many of the people in evangelical churches today breaks God's heart. If you ever had issues with the church because of their politics, um, I really hope this can help you see another side of the church because th- there's a lot of churches that's doing this well and that does care about these issues. Um, if you've been dismissive about politics or just voted how you thought your church or family wanted you to, then I really hope this is going to challenge you to think deeper and better for yourself and how you want to engage in the political atmosphere. The church is often seen as a hateful, big and bigoted, and just ignorant place, largely because of how a huge portion of the church votes, it's like 70% of the evangelicals voted for Donald Trump, a lot of them being the same people who couldn't possibly vote for Bill Clinton because he was immoral and cheated on his wife, knowing that Donald Trump done a lot of sexually just corrupt, evil things in his life, but could overlook it for him and not for the other. That's why the church has a bad reputation. I believe it's time we change that. And we have churches filled with people who vote their conscience as they understand their own Christian values. Maybe that doesn't mean everybody votes the same, but maybe it means that they're consistent and they're voting with love for neighbor as opposed to love for self. <sighs> judges 1 for, through 2, we're talking our Judges series, really kind of lays out that cycle we were talking about before, right? It says, hey, the people often would fall in sin and God would send nations to punish them. But then God would send a judge or a prophet to save them. And then they'd live in peace for a time and then they'd sin again. And it describes the cycle talking about who the judges are. So judges here aren't necessarily people who are saying, oh, you obeyed the law, you didn't obey the law. They're, they're almost like superheroes who are going in and saving the day from a con- these armies of evil of the other nations. Um, Judges would make for a great comic book if everybody didn't have to take it so literal and, like, serious. But that's just my take. Joshua failed as a political leader. He didn't set anybody up underneath him. Joshua was one of, kind of one of Moses' disciples, right? Moses had people that he led. Joshua was one of them. God chose Joshua as the leader of Israel because Joshua had the most faith in God. And then Joshua didn't do the same thing. He didn't disciple anybody. He didn't bring anybody up under him. That's a political mistake. Joshua didn't fall to sin. Joshua didn't suddenly start worshiping idols or doing anything evil. He he made a political miscalculation that started the sin cycle and started really the fall of Israel. And this is something that it's clearly shown that God cared deeply about. The parents and education system failed the children, right? Because it said that the parents didn't raise their children up in the ways of God, didn't teach them the commandments. And it says that the children didn't know about what happened before. Of course, the cycle continues. You didn't know the cycle in the first place. You didn't realize that your parents and your parents' parents sinned and then got punished and then did, repented because no one ever taught you. So, of course, the cycle repeats. Of course, the system ends up just bad because the education system wasn't working. 
God made a covenant to his people that he would keep them. How was he going to do this? A people who were divided, the tribes didn't always agree. They, they kind of, there was a lot of infighting. There was a lot of corruption where they had to be taken over by other things as punishment from God in order to humble themselves again. The cycle was continuing. There was political failure, so there wasn't any clear leaders. What was God going to do in this situation, this, this hopeless cycle that can't be broken? It wasn't like a single sin. It wasn't like the Israelites all worshipped idols, the end, right? Now, some, some tribes did one thing that got punished. Some tribes did another thing. Overall, all of Israel did some stuff that was wrong. Joshua never sinned, so it wasn't like he, I think. He, he, as a leader, he fucked up. He, wasn't, he just didn't do what was necessary. And the nation was punished because of their collective sin. Not because God went, You guys, George masturbated again. So I got really going to have to bring the wrath this time. You know, it wasn't about one, one particular sin or anything. God wasn't looking down going, that guy fucked up. He was looking up going, y'all fucked up. The whole system fucked up. The whole people, the whole nation together sinned. They were the fucked ups. This is just politics. That's all that is, right? Like, that's just God looking at the nation, seeing where they messed up and said, politically, something's wrong here. And he punished them for their politics. God cares deeply about how the people were governed, who was in charge, how they were governing themselves, how they were structuring themselves, and the lifestyles that they chose to promote, you know, the, the whole virtue signaling stuff. That's something that God cares about. Uh, the whole... God cares about these things. What we do collectively is something God cares about. He's not just only focused on each individual with an individual relationship with God. No, God wants a relationship with the whole world, the whole people. And he looks at nations and he punishes nations for their collective actions. God could easily decide to punish the church in America collectively for promoting political violence. Even though you know, a lot of churches that were super against that, a lot of churches that love the LGBTQI plus community that are actually mostly Democrats that are voting, who are accepting and loving and, and, and promote good politics. I could still look at the overall church in America and say, yeah, okay, but most of you, 70% voted for this guy and actually ended up participating in political violence or promoting a guy who was filled with sexual impurities and stuff. I mean, look throughout the Bible. God constantly punished the people of Israel because the king was corrupt. And they didn't even have a choice in the king. Imagine you vote in a president, vote for a leader who is corrupt. How much more that breaks God's heart. How much more anger that could invoke in God. Because God wants to see good politics, righteous systems that promote charity, love, grace, mercy, caring for the neighbors, caring for immigrants. Not systems that promote selfishness. Not systems that perpetuate racism, bigotry, those kinds of things. So what was the sin of the nation? How were they supposed to know that they were fucking up? How were they supposed to know that they weren't doing the work of God? You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, is it just supposed to be, use best judgment, be good? No, no. See, they, they already had the Torah. They already had the foresight book, the law that God gave to Moses. In that, there existed this sort of Levitical creed. Um, one part, found in Deuteronomy 24, reads like this. I'm just going to read part of it to kind of point out some things. Cursed is the person who makes a carved image or cast metal image, an abomination to God, the work of the hands of a craftsman, and sets it up in secret. 
and all the people shall reply and say, Amen. Cursed is the one who treats his father or mother contemptuously, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who displaces his neighbor's boundary marker, and all the people say, Yeah, you know. Cursed is the one who misleads a person who is blind on the road, all the people say. Cursed is the one who distorts the justice due to a stranger, an orphan, or a widow. And all the people say, Cursed is the one who sleeps with his father's wife, because he has uncovered his father's garment, and all the people say, Cursed is the one who has sexual intercourse with any animal. I really, really wish that didn't need to be said. Cursed is the one who sleeps with his sister, the daughter of his father or mother. I also just really wish some of these things didn't have to be said out loud. Should have been a no-brainer. Cursed is he who sleeps with his mother-in-law. That's one of them. Cursed is he who attacks his neighbor in secret. Cursed is he who accepts a bribe to attack an innocent person. And cursed is he who does not fulfill the words of this law by doing them. Hmm. Okay. So, um, no carved image. Sounds pretty religious. And then it gets to this treat your mother and father respectfully. Okay, yeah, it's mostly religious. What we would normally get to the religious. And then displaces his neighbor's boundary marker. Misleads someone on the road. You know, a lot of this stuff is actually just political. This is just law being written saying this is what you are to obey. This is what your statutes are. When you go to court, well, they don't really have court, but when you come before God and you go to the temple, this is what we're upholding the nation to. This is political. This is systemic. What we want people to be obeying and behaving and how they should act. This is God legislating morality for the people of Israel. Read the Torah. It's largely what it's about when you get to Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Know that Christ has fulfilled the law. That's the important thing. It's filled. You don't have to obey every single letter. It's not as exact. This is how still to be obeyed exactly as it is taken completely literal. Rather, it's something that Christ has already fulfilled, but he left around for a reason. This law was written for a certain people at a certain time for a particular reason, for a particular political setting, how God wanted to govern and legislate a particular people at that time. So there, yeah, there's a bunch of weird laws that don't really make sense now or might not apply to us in our modern context. Um, we've talked plenty before about how not to take the Bible literally or at face value. Go back and check out the Bible episode. Kind of proud of that one. Um, what I want you to do, though, is, is know that God still cares about the same kinds of things. Even if it's not exactly the same legislation that God has in place now, God still cares about sexual ethics. He still cares about the poor, the widows, the orphans, the foreigners, the immigrants, the lives and well-beings of everyone inside and outside our borders and how we address them and interact with them as a political, systemic being, nation. God cares. When you realize how much God cares, when you look through the book of Judges and see how God's treating these people who are going through this cycle and, and realizing that it all started from a simple political fuck-up by Joshua and how... They weren't obeying the political legislated morality that God put in place. When you see just how political the book of Judges is and how much God is personally involved and he cares and is interacting by sending leaders to enact justice, political justice, on behalf of his people, you're going to see that God truly cares about politics. He truly cares about how you vote and interact in your local setting today. Are you on the school board? Are you voting for people because you think they're good people? Actually, yeah, there is some, some, you should be 
voting for moral leaders? Are you voting for people because your church told you to? Are you voting because you truly value life? In which case, are you being consistent? Or are you voting pro-choice but also pro-death penalty? I mean, what are you doing? Are you being consistent? Are you considering what God truly values, the immigrants, all that? Are you voting so that you don't get taxed for your own selfishness? Or are you voting that, hey, how can I give my money more to the foreigners to help people come into this country legally and be safer here? Truly thinking about politics, the way that God thinks about politics, legislating morality, legislating aid to the outsiders. You start to care about those things. You put your vote to it. You interact in your local communities, and and you truly get involved in the politics of your state, of your city, of your county, of your country. We're going to start to see a difference. We're going to start to see God truly interacting with his people, even here in America. What we're going to start to see is that you're going to understand that God really believes in systemic sins, systemic problems, systemic racism. He cares deeply about our politics. You're going to have to vote differently when you really start to understand how God views legislation. You're not going to be able to vote just straight down along party lines here in America anyway. You have to vote for more taxes on ourselves to help our neighbors. Our church's reputations will completely change. We'll become a light to the world because the world is going to see that the church just isn't Republican or church just isn't Democrat. The church is truly pro-life, truly pro-morality, truly pro-sexual ethics, truly pro-immigrant, truly pro-neighbor. And when the world sees that that's how the church is voting, that that's how the church is interacting with its the culture around it, that's when the church is going to really be a light to the nations. And our nation here, it's begin to heal from the damage done to some of our politics currently by a lot of the church today who engaged in political violence, who engaged in political nonsense, who engaged in voting for an immoral, corrupt leader. We can heal from that. We can move forward if the church stops doing the party line, starts voting selfishly, and starts voting for the, those in need those whom God called us to care for through legislation. Because I don't want you to share this on your public social media account or anything like that. It might defend somebody. Well, do what you do. Share this with just one friend or family member who you think could benefit from this conversation, who would engage with you and talk about how maybe we could do politics better. Share with that person. Talk with them. Grow with them. Let's bring real political conversations. Let's bring morality back to our politics. Let's bring morality back to the church. Let's stop being selfish. Vote in favor of those who are outsiders. And let's bring the church back to the common people. Thank you for listening. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, go to the website in the description below. If you'd like to check out other shows like this, be sure to subscribe to the network.